Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another weekly installment of our dearly uh, beloved podcast, the Deal Sense Podcast. As always, I am your host with the most, Andrew Roscoe, joined today by the same person as usual, the Badger of the High Desert. He's always down for the cause, never down for the count, the self-proclaimed lost cause, the undefeated, undisputed, unnecessary one, Johnny. How do you remember this every single time? You didn't interrupt me. Thank you. Yeah, intentionally. I was about to. But I was like, "Is he?" Get, I was like, "Am I gonna get through this whole like, thing?" Nah, he hasn't I'm said. Not let him, I'm not gonna do that to him this time. Ah, uh, thank you. What'd you say? The, what, how do I always remember? Yeah, you get it right every. There's single like time. four or five things I always say about you, and I just try to keep them like in my mind. Like I'll like like as I'm doing the countdown thing in my head, I'm like, mm-hmm. "What are they again?" And so, Badger, unnecessary, lost uh, cause. Lost cause. And then the other thing about you being uh, down for the count. No, down for the cause, never down for the count. But down for the cause makes me remember the lost cause part. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like word association, sort of. But anyways, thank you, Johnny, for joining me as usual. Also, don't mind the noise in the background. It's really hot. We got the window open. And they're having a good time over at the park. Yes. It's entertaining. Check it out. Every you probably just heard it right now. But every now and then you'll hear uh, children screaming. I assure you, they have nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with us, and for where we live, that is perfectly normal, especially on a Friday night like tonight. So, do not be alarmed. Uh, if you hear sirens, might be related to that. There's more screaming. I don't know if it came up or not. But anyways, let's let's just start the show. Let's just start the show. All right, guys. So, uh, unintentionally, our podcast keeps getting pushed back like every day every week we record it gets pushed back like a further day and a further day so when you actually hear this episode it's ironically going to be on time for when it's supposed to be (laughs) because we basically accumulated so many days that we just we basically just restarted the whole loop again so we would we would record during the weekends to publish on monday and then i started recording on monday and the next week goes on tuesday and so on and so forth. So now we're actually back on schedule, uh, ironically. So let's go ahead. We have four stories so far for today. Let's go ahead and check them out. Our first article comes from Engadget, written by Igor Bonifacis. Bonifacis. Bonifax. And it says, Sony buys a studio known for porting games to PC. Sony has just bought another studio, and no, it's not Bluepoint Games, although, what's up with that, Johnny? We haven't heard any more about that. On Thursday, the company announced the acquisition of Nixus Software, a Dutch developer best known for... There's more screaming. I'm sorry. (laughs) I got distracted. A Dutch developer best known for supporting Crystal Dynamics, IO Interactive, and Eidos Montreal in porting some of their games over to PC. We can't wait to get to work and are so excited to bring our technical and development expertise to an IP powerhouse like PlayStation Studios. Jurgen Katzman, founder and senior director of development at Nixus, said in a statement. The deal suggests Sony plans to step up its efforts to bring more of its exclusives to Windows. In the last year, the company released Horizon Zero Dawn and Days Gone, to Steam and the Epic Game Store, and Sony President and CEO Jim Ryan said more of the company's first-party games would make their way to the PC in the future. 
The purchase of Nixus also follows Sony's acquisition of Returnal development housemark earlier in the week. Um, oh, that's kind of the end of the article. That's super short. Unless, is it behind a price wall? Nope, nope, yep, that's the end of the whole call. Okay. All right, so not much to, uh, more to read on that. If you guys want to check that out, it's on Engadget. But there's a lot of other uh, news sites that were talking about it. Johnny, what do you think about this? It says, if Sony, Sony buys a studio known for porting games to PC, do you think they're having trouble porting PC games? Or do you think they're just going to further expand that whole operation? Yeah, it just sounds like an expansion. Just getting more assets to develop the games faster, fine tune them quicker. Yeah, I'm wondering if like they're trying to because like traditionally, when a game comes out on console, if it gets ported to PC, it's usually not like years later. It's usually about like a year or two after the game comes out on console. Mm -hmm. My thought is that they're trying to speed up this, not just because like they're seeing success with Horizon and Days Gone, yeah, and other games being ported also, but like. Now with, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking, I, it probably has nothing to do with it, but in my head, I'm thinking about the Steam Deck, because the Steam Deck is still fresh on my mind, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about how, like, there, there's a new avenue for, like, Sony to make, like, a, a new, like, revenue avenue, I'm saying, like, for them to make games off of, uh, I mean, not make games, make money off of uh, games that they have. Going with the whole PC route, which was something we've talked about before, we read about it more than once, it's, it's pretty interesting to see Sony going for that. My question is, how wh- how do they decide which games will be the ones that are going to PC, and exactly what will is Nixus just going to? Are they going to be involved with like the development? Because it says they're, they're known for porting games to PC, and they've helped like other studios do that. Are they trying to? What do you mean, just to port themselves or development of the game, like from the ground up? Kind of, like yeah, are they involved with the de- in the development in terms of like oh like if you do this like this will make it easier for us to port the game. Oh, uh, good question. I didn't think about that. I thought it was just like after. I thought it was just like post. Like hey, if you want to put this game on PC, this and this thing will make make it easier for us. Like uh, when we get there, kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is what this company does. But I've heard a lot of the ports or some of the ports because Sony hasn't put that many. shifted that many games to yeah. PC yet. But some of the ports that they've had haven't been that great like they haven't been awful but horizon zero dawn sport wasn't it, it wasn't optimized fine, optimized yeah okay so yeah I mean, that, that just... could be what it's yeah i mean i to be honest like i haven't looked at reviews of pc ports of playstation games i don't i don't even know how horizon or like days gone have run on there mm-hmm. uh i know brian our cousin played uh he just finished days gone on pc not that long ago i mean I was thinking, should I call him right now? No, I don't want to bother him right now. Should I? Should, should I bother Brian right no, now to see if there's any issues? It's a little late. He's, this is the time he would be up. The, oh, no. He works. No, he works early. Never mind. I'll talk to him later about it. But, uh, yeah, it has to do with, like, in terms of, like, quality. Because I remember, who was it? Who was uh, uh, Rocksteady? Whenever they ported, like, a Batman game to PC, like, it always has, like, issues. Like, it's, like, really bad. Like, they have, like either unplayable or it has, like, really bad glitches. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess porting from console to PC isn't always an easy streamline. It's not just like copy and paste. Like there is actual work that has to go into it to make sure. Even though games are made on PCs, mm-hmm. there's times where like even just having them running on PCs isn't quite because you have to account for all the different types of like graphics cards and CPUs and like it's not like consoles where everything's like um 
streamlined is that the right word where everything's kind of just set you know what i'm saying you have to account for variations from people's pcs like one person has a certain type of pc okay another person has another type of like either graphics card or cpu or something like intel like all there's all these different like things you have to account for right variables yeah so this seems like a smart move when I first heard, when you first told me, like, oh, Sony bought, like, another studio, I was thinking, like, oh, like, they're adding a new IP. But this sounds more like a support role. This is more like an infrastructure kind of purchase. Mm-hmm. So, in that case, it's, uh, I usually, I'm usually one of the first to rally against, like, cons- cons- uh, not consolidation. Oh, yeah, consolidation, right? That's what I'm looking up. Well, that's what it is, but this doesn't seem like... Maybe. But this isn't, like, them cannibalizing a studio's, like, IP. Uh, this uh, is, like, something they need for, like to function properly so i am okay with it i am down for it let's move on to our we don't really have much to say about this really we're kind of just i'm just trying to think of like like is there any issues with this but i can't think of anything so we're just gonna move on to the next one johnny next one comes to us from blueberg uh from jason schreier someone we talk about frequently (laughs) on and off the podcast (laughs) This is PlayStation Video Game Horizon Forbidden West delayed to 2022. Sony Corp has delayed the upcoming PlayStation Games Horizon Forbidden West to the first quarter of 2022, according to a person familiar with the matter. Previously, it had been scheduled for release this holiday season. Horizon Forbidden West is an open-world action-adventure game and the sequel to the critically acclaimed PlayStation 4 exclusive Horizon Zero Dawn which sold more than 10 million copies following its release in 2017. The sequel was planned for both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 consoles. The setback is the latest in a year that has been full of delays across the industry, including one of Sony's other big PlayStation exclusives, the untitled sequel to 2018's God of War. COVID-19 has caused production challenges, forcing developers to work from home for months. But the pandemic has also provided a cover for developers to bump games that were facing obstacles regardless. In June, PlayStation Studio head Herman Holst said the game's holiday release date was tentative. For Horizon, we think we are on track to release this holiday season, he said on the PlayStation blog. But that isn't quite certain yet, and we're working as hard as we can to confirm that to to you as soon as we can. Sony didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. News of a possible Horizon delay was first mentioned by video game reporter Jeff Grubb on the podcast Giant Bomb. All right, so we'll leave that. Uh, that's on Bloomberg. You guys want to check it out? Uh, Johnny, this isn't that surprising, right? Because I remember, I, I I think we talked about this last time when, we were t- when, uh, when God of War got delayed. That it looks like... Uh, First of all, when God of War got announced last year during the whole PlayStation thing, we're like, there's no way that game's coming out this year, right? And then we saw Horizon. Now, there was hope for Horizon to come out because it's also reportedly on PS4 and PS5. So we had to imagine the development time at that point. Like, if they're announcing it and everything, they're showing us, like, stuff for Horizon, like, okay, this is something that's kind of, like, in the works for a while, as we thought. Maybe it was. Maybe it isn't. But the fact that Horizon now, like, Horizon got over with the two main, I think for some people, the two main reasons to get a PS5. Where it's like, oh, shoot, like, I, mm-hmm. I want a PS5 by the time those games come out, right? And now we're here, halfway through 2021. PS5 came out back in November of last year. And so far we've got what? we got Ratchet, Returnal, 
Mm-hmm. And those are like the two main big ones. And the two heavy hitters, God of War and Horizon, are now being pushed out to the beginning of next year. Do you feel like we were a little kind of bamboozled here, Johnny? Well, it could just be that, not necessarily because of the plague, but it could be that, well, I guess, yeah, the plague because there's a chip shortage with the PlayStation, so maybe there's just not enough PS5s out in the wild yet. So it's just not worth pushing Horizon. But you don't think that, I mean, when uh, Herman Holst said, like, oh, yeah, like we're trying to, we're aiming for that. And it sounds like we're aiming for that, to me, is doing a lot of heavy lifting by saying, like, if everything goes well at this point. Do you think that's, like, a kind of, like, an optics thing where it's, like, there's not enough PS5s out there that's awake? Because I don't think that makes sense. Well, there's only 10 mil right now. Yeah. But do you think they're do you think they're purposely holding it back for a wider for a bigger audience, or do you think they're pushing it back because like oh there's stuff that popped up that we hadn't accounted for? Well, yeah, that's what I mean for several reasons because of the chip shortage, because of the plague, because the studio just might not have it down yet. So I don't think it's just one reason for it. So what are we looking for this fall then? Yeah, that's uh, we have Deathloop, right? Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of it. We have Deathloop, uh, Fist, just went gold. Deathloop went gold. I did read that. That's right. I read uh, that, yeah. I think there were three or four games that went gold um, recently. So you said when they go gold, they're ready like within about when they, three months. Yeah, when a game goes gold, that means that it's basically done at that point. Like that's it. Like we've done with everything except maybe for like a few updates that can wait till like release date or something. The average is just like a handful less of months. Less than a month. Like less than a month? Usually it's about less than a month. Okay. So, yeah, there's stuff coming. It's just not the heavy hitters. I think Borderlands 3, when it went gold, that one took like two months, I think. But that was like so, that's like a rare, rare case where that happens. There's also a Death Stranding, Director's Cut, coming out. That's right. Uh, was there another? Uh, what's the other Director's Cut? Was there another Director's? Oh, um, yeah, Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. yeah. Uh, a side thing on that. You told me earlier that Ghost of Tsushima was going to have a, a side edition for their multiplayer. I forgot, yes. That was... I forgot to bring up the story. You're right. I was When I was bringing, when I was typing in like the different tabs and stuff, yeah. I was like, I know I'm forgetting something because we talked about it earlier when we, were on, when we were in the living room earlier. Well, we already read the story. We don't really got to go into it. But they're doing their whole separate... Um, their multiplayer is coming out as a standalone, right? Yeah, it it's, seems... uh, I'm just gonna. Yeah, okay. I just already pulled it up. It's on, it's on the PlayStation okay. blog if you guys want to check it out. So it's not a new site, but it's, it's direct, this is directly from PlayStation themselves. Ghost of Tsushima Legends gets standalone release, adds new rivals mode on September 3rd. So that's less than a month. From, that's less than a month from now, Johnny. Uh, here goes. This is from Darren Bridges, the senior game designer at Sucker Punch. Last October, we launched Ghost of Tsushima Legends, our very first online multiplayer project as a studio, which expanded the gameplay of Ghost of Tsushima into a supernatural world inspired by Japanese mythology. And to say that your support and enthusiasm blew our wildest expectations out of the water is an understatement. We have loved seeing reactions and photo mode shares for the past 10 months and have lost plenty of sleep staying up late to watch teams streaming their raid progress. Thank you to everyone who's played so far. With just two weeks to go until Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, we wanted to talk about what's next for Legends. As always, just like all Legends content, every update detailed below will be available at no additional charge to owners of any version of Ghost of Tsushima on PS4 
or PS5 with no director's cut purchase required. So you're getting this content regardless of like for you and I, if we already have the game, like that's it, you're like cemented already. Uh, that's good. Players on PS4 and PS5 will also be able to play together seamlessly. And progression in Legends carries over regardless of which console you're playing on. First, today we're excited to reveal Rivals, an all-new mode coming to Ghost of Tsushima Legends on September 3rd, including new trophies and cosmetics. In Rivals, two teams of two, so two on two, mm-hmm. will compete to defeat waves of enemies. With each defeated foe, you'll collect Magatama that you can use to harm the other team. For example, you can spend Magatama on shades to block your opponent's purchases, curses, health uh, parentheses, health drain, exploding bodies, etc., Huacha fire, and more. Once you spend enough Magamata, you'll unlock final stand waves. Complete these before the opposing team to win. Second, at the same time, Rivals launches, we'll be releasing the Gear Mastery System. This is a new expansion on the progression systems and rewards for Legends. Players who've earned 110 level gear will now be able to bind it to a class and activate Mastery Challenges. This will allow a piece of gear's key level to be upgraded to 120 and eventually unlock a second perk slot. As you activate Master Challenges, you can also unlock a new ability and new techniques for each class. Okay, so it's like extra... It's like to get past like the next like level cap kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, starting on August 20th, release date of... Which is the release date of Ghost of Shima's Director's Cut. We're also releasing an update that will add new features to Legends, including some changes based on feedback from the community. We've rebalanced the survival mode to shorten the session length and added new weekly survival nightmare challenge variants. We've also unlocked additional cosmetics and legends for players who've earned them in Jin's story and New Game Plus. Again, all the above will be available at no additional cost if you already own Ghost of Tsushima, but for those of you who don't own Ghost of Tsushima yet, but are interested in trying out legends, Starting on September 3rd, we're also offering a new way to play le- to buy Legends on its own without the single-player campaign starring Jin Sakai. This new standalone version of Legends will be available on PlayStation Store starting September 3rd for 19.99 or 19.99 euros That's fair. or 15.99 pounds on PS4 or PS5 consoles. With the exception of some cosmetics that can only be unlocked via the single-player campaign, this is the same Legends content accessible by owners of Ghost of Tsushima, so you'll have access to the content released in 2020 in addition to everything new described above. And of course, you'll be able to play cooperative with players who own the full version. Okay, so they're not <coughs> cutting that off. Uh, for, for, for players who purchase the standalone release of Legends, if you decide you want to check out the rest of Ghost of Tsushima, you'll be able to upgrade to Ghost of Tsushima's Director's Cut at any time for $40, or 50 euros, or 44 pounds, on PS4, or for $50, or 60 pounds, I'm sorry, 60 euros, or 54 pounds on PS5. Huh. So technically, it's still full price on PS4, then. 60 bucks for the whole thing together. That kind of sucks. I it's a little confusing. Yeah, so you Wait, can... Wait, it's 40 bucks to get the ex- the director's cut? To get... And... Oh, yeah, on PS4, with the... To upgrade from, like, the just the multiplayer mode to full the full game. Oh, no, that um, makes sense, though. In addition to the all the above, we'll be adding a new piece of content each week from September 10th through October 1st, including an additional Rivals map, new survival maps inspired by Icky Island and Ao's Realm, and Trials of Ao, a new harder difficulty version of last year's Ray that offers challenges in bite-sized chunks and offers a new set of online leaderboards. 
Thank you once again to everybody who has played Ghost of Tsushima Legends. We can't wait to get all this new content into your hands very soon. All right, so that's the whole thing from PlayStation Box. This time I didn't mind reading the whole thing because it's not from a news site. It's from PlayStation, so it's like a press release in a way. All right, so on a tangent, do you think the price is fair? Because a lot of people are having this discussion of is it worth upgrading the 10 20 bucks for the PS5 version for the 4K and all that extra content, right? Uh, I still think it's fair. Like, initially I thought it was too much, but they put out this multiplayer, and this multiplayer is fucking great. And I think people forget that they released that multiplayer and that's a ton of goodwill people don't want to pay they're, they're complaining about why do we have to pay this much for 4k etc but they forget that the multiplayer was was added on and it's it's amazing too so do you think it's fair or are you talking you, about going from ps4 to ps5 or are you talking about well that's upgrading the base game to the director's cut version well, well that's where it's a little bit uh weird because the the way they tell you about it, like the price points, it's a little bit confusing. Yeah. yeah. Well, because from, I mentioned like all the different like pounds and euros and stuff. Well, aside from that, it's just like if you buy the game on PS4 and you're getting uh, the standalone, you still have to pay 40 for the full game. And I mean, it's going to be on discount, right? The The main game is going to be uh, discounted eventually on PlayStation. Right. And then you're going to play the 20 bucks for the multiplayer. So you might end up just paying forty bucks, and that's a fair price for the for 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 what it is right now. Forty bucks is pretty fair if you get it on discount. The main, right? So you yeah. So if you get the main game, yeah. that's the base game. You get the multiplayer like automatically included. That's just part of the main game. Yeah, yeah. That's you know free or factored into the price, however you want to view it. But if you get the multiplayer mode without owning the game, just the multiplayer alone is 20 bucks. And then if you want to get the full game, which is like the full complete package, then it's another $40. But that's also because you're getting the director's cut. You're upgrading to the mm -hmm. director's cut. That's the campaign. That's the additional campaign stuff. That's like the extra frills, the 4K, the new, the synced audio with like the lip sync and everything now, the visuals, all the extra, extra content. That to me, it makes sense. It's not egregious. I originally thought it was expensive because I thought you were upgrading to the full base game. Just the the, the yeah. release, the way, the way the game came out last year. I thought mm -hmm. that's why. I was like, what? That's why I was confused. I thought like they're selling the game for full price. But no, yeah, I forgot. That's Including the director's cut, it's not a bad deal. I don't think it is. Uh, it doesn't sound like it is. I think the main problem is the way they The wording, you, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, this is what it is on PS4, this is what it is on PS5, but there's, like, four different prices. It would make more really sense weird. if there was, like, a chart, and, like, you could just, like, mm -hmm. point, like, show us, like, okay, if you have this version, then this is the version you're going to give you pay this. Like, that, yeah. It's it's tricky trying to translate this to words, like, on a written, like, document or on a page. Compared to like if I if you could just show somebody like with like a timeline or like a chart or something, yeah. So, no, I think the price is uh fair. Uh, that's really cool though that even if you're not like someone who's upgrading the game, like you're still gonna get all like the legends content, like the extra stuff, like just because. Yeah, including the stuff in the for the director's cut. Right, at least for the multiplayer stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Johnny, are, do you have any inclination to return to Tsushima? Or is it already not the main campaign? The multiplayer for sure. I love the multiplayer, dude. Okay. Uh, the main campaign, uh, it's like I've I've mentioned before to you. I don't think Ghost of Tsushima would have should have been an open world game. I think linear would have been just great. Hmm. 
uh, if it was linear, yeah, I'd probably go through it again. But I don't want to be on on horse again for all that time. <laughs> all the fast traveling and yeah, everything. Man. I get it. As someone who just played like a really long like open world RPG, I get, I get it, I get it. Uh, yeah, it's not much more to say on this. It sounds well, cool. I'm not. Ghost of Tsushima was great. I love my time with it, but I'm just not really eager to go back to it until like the sequel. If I do go back, it's just to play the Icky Island stuff, uh-huh. and that's it. Yeah, for sure. That's the multiplayer was cool. I when I played with a uh, a friend of our show, uh, Joe, I played a couple hours with him a couple times, and it was just okay. It was fun, but like I'm I don't need more. I personally don't need more of that. Like it was good. That's all. Yeah, so. and if you're done with the story, going back to the previous mm-hmm. story, it seems like there's plenty of stuff coming out for the PS4 and 5. Mm-hmm. You know, for the holidays, it's just not God of War and Horizon. Yeah, I mean, if you're somebody who, like, last gen you were on play- on Xbox or something, and now you're jumping to, like, PSN- to PS5 this gen, like, you have options for games to catch up on. it. That should tidy you over for the rest of the year. Like, whether it's Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut or Death Stranding, the PS5 Director's Cut, which that's the one I'm getting. I guess I'm that's for me this fall, I guess. That's for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of Now is a great time to kind of catch up on past uh either last gen exclusives or last gen exclusives that are getting like a new like kind of like makeup uh uplift that's not the right word facelift facelift thank you johnny like not uplift like it's like like you're flying or something facelift uh this gen do you think that's gonna not related but kind of tangentially related johnny like ps4 era was like infamous for how many ps3 remakes and remasters we got do you think are we gonna get that again this gen we're gonna get now it's going to be PS4 games getting remastered for PS5. You think that's going to be a? Th- I hope that's not really a thing this time, but it might be. What do you think? I don't see why that's a problem. Well, for games that are just like, oh, here's like a HD remaster where it's like slightly improved and like, but charging like full price again, kind of thing. No, because we've already gone through those games, and there's a bunch of new people buying the PS, joining the PlayStation family for the first time. So that's more for them. Okay. That's a fair answer. That's a fair answer. That's a fair answer. I, you know, me, I just hate it when it's like they take resources away that it could be used. Yeah, I, I have the same feeling about that. But this, just upscaling it to 4K, better textures, uh, FPS boost. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it's gonna take that much of a uh, resources. resources from the company. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Thank you, Johnny. Let's go back to. Uh, the next story because <laughs> i added that one right now because you brought it up but uh last week we kind of touched upon like the whole blizzard activision stuff with all that horrible stuff that's in the in that lawsuit um but it seems like this week there's even more this time not blizzard and activision but over at uh, fulbright uh for this i turned to the article on polygon this is from nicole carpenter she's the one who did like all the research and everything she's the one that broke the story mm-hmm uh, here goes. This is how the founders' toxic culture tore apart Fulbright, the studio behind Gone Home. Which, by the way, if you still have not played Gone Home, please play Gone Home. It is it's not for Johnny, but for some people, if you're into like artsy art house games, please play Gone Home. It's such a great game. Such a great game. Uh, just know that it's not a traditional game, like in the sense of like a game. It's more like it's a, a, a visual. It's a walking simulator slash visual novel. So don't expect action, but do expect a very touching story. Is it like uh, Telltale Games? 
No. Even Telltale games have more action than that. Oh, shit. It's like a visual novel slash walking simulator. But the story is so good, Johnny. Stay away from me. The story, <laughs> the story is so good. Ignore Johnny. All right. Fulbright co-founder Steve Gaynor, known for his work on Gone Home and Tacoma, has stepped down from his role as creative lead on Open Roads. That's a new game. Following multiple allegations of mistreating Fulbright employees, particularly women. Development on Open Roads, which was announced in December of last year, and expected to star Carrie Russell, which, you know, actress, the Americans, and Caitlin Dever of Booksmart, is behind schedule. Fifteen employees have left the studio since development on Open Roads began in 2019. Around six staff members remain. That's very little, Johnny. Uh, speaking with Polygon, 12 former employees said their departure was at least in part due to Gaynor's behavior toward workers, specifically women on the team. At least 10 of the employees who left since Open Roads production began were women. Multiple former employees who spoke with Polygon anonymously out of fear of retaliation described the Fulbright work environment as, quote, controlling, end quote, a place in which staffers felt undermined and demeaned by Gaynor. Because of Gaynor's status as the co-founder of a beloved indie darling, some former employees said they were worried about being blacklisted from the industry. Though some have ended up leaving the industry entirely anyway. These former employees said they did not experience or witness sexual harassment or explicit sexism. Instead, they said, the studio's toxic culture hid behind the veneer of inclusivity, as women were allegedly repeatedly broken down by microaggressions. Still have what? no idea. Still have no idea what that word actually means. Micro, microaggressions. Johnny, can you, can you elaborate? What is a microaggression? That's bullshit. No, give me the actual definition. No, I don't have a definition for it. I okay, just think it's I want to look it up because I'm curious now. Okay, you're gonna. I've heard of the shit too. If there's microaggressions, is there macro like bigger aggressions too? I don't know about that. You know, micro and macro, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's look it up according to dictionary. Microaggression, a statement, action, or incident regarded as an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group such as racial or ethnic minority. Indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group. Okay, so it's like when you offend somebody without knowing it, basically. Okay, for example, if you're a black girl and I guess I have to be white in this situation. Johnny is actually a very tan Mexican, but go ahead. And I ask you, me, as a white person. Wait, am I the black woman? You're the black girl. Okay. And I tell you, hey, you have really pretty hair. Can I touch it? Oh, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. You don't intend to be offensive. I don't intend to be offensive. And I could genuinely be curious. And actually, But as a black woman, probably growing like, up, nah, hearing nah, that nah, all the time. That's racist. It's like, no. That, not intentionally racist, at least. No, it's really not. It's right. just, I am curious about your hair. And I like to caress your fucking hair. It might just be that. That just sounds weird. And it's like. But because it's something ever, di- because it's ever, something different than normal like hair, right? Have That's you ever um, seen videos where a, like a white lady goes to a little village and it's a bunch of like black children, and the black children go up to her and touch her skin? Is that racist? I, I and they're gonna no, say no because black people and Mexicans and Asians can't. Well, be I would racist. say the kids don't know any better. And the white person doesn't know about the the texture of the hair. Okay, so yeah, so it's unintended. Yeah, there's no malice behind it. There's no malice, but why does it have to be racist? 
Well, here in the diff- oh, I closed the tab already, but it says it's not always racist. Sometimes it's just like a. It says uh, it said as um, it could be sexist or it could be just something uh, discriminatory. It says discriminatory. It doesn't necessarily mean racist though. Okay, so what about a guy sees a pretty female and it says, "Wow, you look great today." That's that doesn't a, te- se- technically that's microaggression. Really? Yeah. Does it count? Yes, it does. So that if, means- she, if she's offended by it, okay. Wait, okay, why would you be offended by being called? What'd you say, pretty? Right? Or yeah, pretty. I don't think or, that's offensive or, though. Damn, you got a nice physique. Okay, that might be because now why? you're getting specific. Maybe why? If she's genuine, if she's legit attractive. Okay, well, okay. Is that does that fall under discriminatory? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Does it? But that person could take it as microaggressions. It doesn't matter whether it's if you don't intend to be. That person can tell you like that's a microaggression. That's harassment. Hmm. I think I. I this isn't the podcast for that, so I'll have, to, I'll have to look into it to see what exactly counts. Like, is there, like, a filter? Is there, like, a... Maybe there's not even, like, a broad consensus. Maybe it's just, like, a person-to-person thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question, John. I mean, it's not a question. I'm wondering now if that counts. I would think being telling a girl that she's pretty wouldn't count, though, right? Yeah, but if she feels like she's being harassed, then we're going to go with... Uh... I mean, that depends. I, I don't know. That depends. I don't... Because, like, it's like a perspective thing. Maybe he doesn't think he's harassing her. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to put you in this fucking horrible position saying you're, like, a her person that harasses or you're maybe a bigot or something. And you're just like, that's not your intent at all. And this person is putting you in that position saying that's a fucking microaggression. Mm-hmm. You're either racist or you're a bigot or... Or one of those fucking derogatory terms. Right. Okay, so it sounds like the microaggression would be like a term you would use when someone is offended and the person who's doing the offending is not intentionally offending. Yeah. Okay. All right. It kind of... Okay, I kind of get it now. Uh, <laughs> I'm like way off. Okay, let's get back on topic here. Uh, a Fulbright representative confirmed to Polygon that Gaynor stepped down in March due to the, quote, pattern of women leaving and quote the company steve quote stepped down in march 2021 after it became clear that the steps that were already being taken to improve his interactions with the team were only yielding temporary results the representative said quote more drastic action was needed for the health of the team health of the team i wonder what that means exactly end quote the representative also said that the that annapurna interactive the game's publisher is aware of the situation at Fulbright and has been instrumental in helping the Open Roads team make changes to its structure. An Annapurna spokesperson told Polygon that the company supports the Open Roads team. Following the publication of this story, uh, Gaynor issued a statement to Polygon. Here, this is the statement. Hi all, I have a statement to share about my role at Fulbright. Earlier this year, I stepped back from my role as creative lead on Open Roads. My leadership style was hurtful to people that worked at Fulbright, and for that I truly apologize. Stepping back has given me space and perspective to see how my role needs to change and how I need to learn and improve as part of a team, including working with an expert management consultant and rethinking my relationship to the work at Fulbright. I care deeply about Open Roads and the Fulbright team. I'm sad to have stepped back from day-to-day development of Open Roads, but it's been the right thing to do. The Open Roads team has my full faith and support as they bring the game to completion. End of statement. Fulbright has always been a small independent studio, just four people, three of whom were co-founders of the company, 
created Gone Home, a BAFTA-winning narrative game released in 2013 that has influenced the industry. Again, please play Gone Home, guys. For the studio's next game, 2017's Tacoma, the number of staffers increased by more than double following the success of these two games. Fulbright continued to grow, taking on more employees and contractors. Uh, I'm going to leave the rest. There's a little more, but uh, the rest isn't as relevant. Uh, Johnny, this is this seems to be like a pattern here kind of thing. Like last week it was Blizzard Activision. Here it's at Fulbright. Um, because I'm because I'm a glutton for punishment. I want to ask, what do you th- what do you think about this? Do you think there's like a like I'm gonna preface by saying this that women kind of face these kind of issues in every industry. I was about to say that because you, there's this emphasis on the gaming community being toxic. Well, I mean, and it's like that's what we talk about as gaming. So yeah, yeah, but it's like, is there like a podcast for like big box stores that have constant sexual harassment? You get what I'm saying? It's like the shit is everywhere, right? And like we're discussing it because it's a gaming channel, right? It's yeah, gaming adjacent. Yeah, it's just okay. It's just like okay, can we just wait for the courts to figure this out? And see what the evidence. Well, is. The, okay. Well, this isn't a court case. This isn't a thing that's going to court. This is, there's no suing going on here. So what's the? So the hubbub here is just the work environment that the quote toxic culture end quote at Fulbright the studio, and the the, the report with the Nicole Carpenter wrote about is basically how the head of the studio had to step back back in March a couple months ago mm-hmm. because he, I guess he became aware of the fact that people were leaving because of him. I don't know how many, mostly women, but I guess saying mostly women implies there must be at least a little bit of men also left the company because he's either work hard to work with or because of the quote microaggressions end quote. But it sounds like he's somewhat aware. So did he leave a statement? He, I just read the statement, Johnny. About him? The way he said it though. Yeah, I read the statement by him. Oh, shit, the I sta- missed it. I, I think I was still thinking about the microaggressions. He says, shit. earlier this year, I stepped back from my role as creative lead on Open Roads. He says, uh, I apologize. The, my my leadership style was hurtful to people, is what he said. Hmm. But, he, but he didn't, he didn't like, straight out admit that he was doing certain things. He didn't, like, list out, a, like, a list of, like, this is what I did wrong, though. But he did say my leadership style was hurtful to people. And then he says he was working with an expert management consultant and rethinking my relationship to the work. So it sounds like he was aware of it. He had like issues and like he actually sought like a out like a external management consultant team to like maybe help him bit work on whatever he's doing. It sounds like it was like a learning process for him. Yeah. Or he was just trying to save face. Maybe he was trying to save face. That could be it. But this just this in a in itself probably wouldn't be a huge story if not for the fact of what happened last week when we were talking about like the Blizzard Activision where now it's kind of mm-hmm. like everybody like because I think most people had the idea that oh of course that would happen at Blizzard Activision it was gonna happen anywhere because it's like a big massive conglomerate it's a big studio like individuals don't matter at an indie studio like Fulbright which is only like less than like twenty people like. Mm-hmm surely like developers are safe in small studios where people are held accountable and it's like oh it seems like it doesn't matter where you are in work in general like you're gonna especially if you're a woman it sounds like you're gonna be dealt with like men who are like in higher positions or or there's people who are gonna abuse their power regardless mm-hmm. have you seen that kind of stuff happen like at home depot johnny you work at home depot so i'm curious like i talked about it last time where it's like at well, where i work to. 
it's the opposite where like there's more women than there is men and like there's kind of like clicks and stuff but it's never been abuse it's just like clicks at home home uh, depot i'm assuming is mostly male i'm gonna assume i don't know for sure sort of and what have you ever like noticed like oh like like sexual harassment or maybe not notice it but heard of it like secondhand or like oh so and so was passed for promotion again because she's a woman or like not really or like what no that drama did, didn't exist like it, that drama has not existed in but any, has it, does it feel does it ever feel in? like oh this is like the boys club up here kind of thing or no 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 it, like every company that i've worked with all the girls are mixed in with the boys we all go maybe it's just because of my clicks but we all go party together we all go to the restaurants to the house parties all that shit is all mixed in together mm-hmm. and then there's like i guess these outliers or like these individuals that act kind of sketchy mm-hmm. and well i'm not quite sure what you're asking me like the reason i, I have you ever like, experienced like first or secondhand like the kind of stuff that like we've been well when you're about. saying about like the the ratio of women and the boys club and all that no i haven't gotten that and also i want to say that a lot of these stories i kind of like bug back on them because well like i've had like stalkers too right mm. so you didn't mention that before we started yeah yeah so Females act real fucking sketchy sometimes. And as two fucking guys, I've had pe- fucking dudes that act real fucking weird. Like, e- with me. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I just want to hear both sides of the stories. Get the whole fucking thing. See what the evidence is. Because on both ends, people are doing some fucked up shit. Right? Okay. So, it's like both... Uh, yeah, both... Okay. Like, because... Also, because men are ashamed to say they've been like harassed, right? Absolutely. So yeah. they won't come out in masses because they look like a bunch of pansies. Exactly. Especially the Hispanic culture, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're very machismo. We're machismo, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't just come out in groups and seem like say we're being fucking taken advantage of. Right. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm not def- defending either, but I'm not accusing either. At the same time, you know. So it's kind of like a both sideism kind of thing, or no? I just want to be fair. I just want to oh, hear okay, everything okay. out. So when it comes to like, have you seen this? Have you seen that? I I have, but I also haven't. Like in my clicks, I haven't like seen like yeah, the the girls are treated like shit because there's more guys in my group. Okay. I haven't seen that. Okay. And when I've been in groups where there's more females, the guys get uh, treated well. But at the same time, we all talk shit about each other. Like, <laughs> no, it's it's equal opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> trash talking. So if there's a ton of guys. Yeah, we'll talk shit about the girls. Like equal opportunity toxicity. Yeah, we'll talk shit, we'll talk shit about the girls and all, about all their dirty shit. Like we we won't fucking send news around none of that shit. Okay. But then I'm also in. I'll be like with a bunch of females, and the females will talk shit about me. But like we already know what it's about. You know. It's group dynamics. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like yeah you. The you guys are shitting on me. I'm outnumbered right now. Exactly. Fuck off. Whatever. And so there's like this ebb and flow with like talking shit whichever group you find yourself at the moment in yeah but okay. but i mean i guess i guess you could see how maybe some females are being picked on as well as guys and they just can't take it or it really does get to the point where it actually is serious where they're like uh, groping you know right so i i don't know dude. i, don't know what I mean the closest thing i can think of is i've never really had issues with that like at work or anything but my like my mom for example she just 
a while back she had left uh, her position at one job because there was like one really bad uh, co-worker who was also a woman actually that was like constantly like just like picking on my mom like constantly picking on her and then when my mom would go complain to like hr it's like oh find out that like this woman that's picking on my mom is related to hr mm, okay and so there was kind of like already like everybody who works there didn't want to like step on the toes of anybody mm-hmm. and they kind of all just agreed with this woman and so my mom was like this like situation sucks and my mom was like really good at her job and like she kept complaining about this woman who was like bothering her and like HR and her boss were like, well, like she does a good job at her job too. Like, even though she's like really toxic. <laughs> and so my mom was like, okay, well I'm going to leave for another company. And they're like, well, wait, 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 why are you leaving? And it's like, well, I just told you a lot. And they're like, oh, and like, my mom, I wasn't there, but my mom told me that like, they signed defeated cause like, oh, like, yeah, we can't do anything about her, but like, we're not going about to, we're not about to like go out of our way to try to keep you either kind of thing. So. Yeah, because they'd have to reprimand one of their own. Exactly. So, at this whole like nepotism or like just having like like being an outlier because you're not already in the in click or the group or whatever like it, that's just part of group dynamics. And you can like find that in like psychology where you know people pull together on either along certain things that like they share in common or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whether it's being at the same company forever or just I mean it's uh, gender or sex or whatever you want to say, but like. It sucks, but it does seem, I mean, we're talking about bringing the conversation back to like the video games and video game industry. It does seem that, uh, a lot of like the higher ups in this, in the develop, in the studios are like entrenched men who have been there like forever. And so like, and coming in like new, whenever you're a new person to a group, like things are automatically, it's going to take a while for you to kind of like become part of the old guard, you know, so to speak. So things always seem kind of like. Like, Fulbright was founded by, it said at first they had four employees, and, like, three of them were the co-founders. So, I promise you those co-founders probably have way more, like, chemistry together than anybody who comes in after, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not to say that, like, it's excused that, that Gaynor did that kind of stuff, but, like, it doesn't sound like the other two co-founders were, like, jerks either, though. So, earlier you, earlier you mentioned that it seems like they'd be safer at smaller companies, and I feel it's the opposite. Because the smaller companies maybe ha- have been around for maybe two decades or something they haven't been picked up by a bigger company they don't have this board they don't have hr they all this shit. yeah they don't have as many people to account for right yeah so you might be right it seems, to me it feels like uh a smaller company would be more susceptible because they don't have all those mechanisms and because they're closer in proximity where you're more kind of like yeah and the exposed sm- the smaller companies just oh hold on <laughs> hold on are we still recording i forgot <laughs> i'm gonna pause it real quick hold on all right guys my bad uh i had a phone call so i just paused the recording but anyways we're, we're, we're back on topic johnny what were you saying right before i cut well i was just saying that a smaller company was probably going to be more susceptible to this um well you had a point what were you gonna go into oh no i was just saying the same thing you're right you have in a smaller studio you might be more susceptible because like the the circle of people that you talk to are the circle of people who are like doing the, I guess, uh, bu- not bullying, but they're, they're, they're like kind of in cahoots with what's going on with the studio. You have less resources to turn to. You don't have as much support. So in some ways, being in a smaller group, in a smaller indie studio, you might be even more at risk or I don't know if at risk, but at the mercy of like toxicity, work culture kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Just stuff to think about. Uh, I feel like we really went off topic this time, but I think it's good every now and then for us to kind of get 
you know touch base with like the world outside of games as it relates to industry at large giant let's begin with some i can never pronounce the word you say lativity levity the levity levity how do you pronounce it how you spell it i don't know levity let's turn to our next story johnny this one comes from kotaku written by alexandra hall the report is new psvr2 details leak from sony developer conference this is your territory this is my territory as, as johnny says that he leans back and kind of just rubs his head a video posted today by popular youtube vr channel psvr without parole that's a good name actually i like that purports to have new information about sony's next generation virtual reality hardware for playstation 5 psvr without parole claims to have sourced fresh information from a private conference sony held on tuesday for prospective psvr2 developers the occurrence of which was independently corroborated by upload vr let's delve into the details according to psvr without parole sony's next vr platform is codenamed ngvr for next generation vr it will likely be called psvr2 when released i really hope it's not called psvr2 because that's very unimaginative but it wouldn't surprise me for a system called the playstation 5 what would you yeah okay <laughs> as upload vr reported in may psvr2's display will have a resolution of 2000 by 2040 per eye which is a solid little bump above the world's current most popular headset the oculus quest 2 in addition psvr with a, without parole suggests the screen will utilize oled display technology and support high dynamic range or hdr potentially giving it a lot more vibrancy deeper blacks and greater brightness than the quest 2 more typical non-hdr lcd display the new kit will supposedly feature a 110 degree field of view up 10 degrees from sony's original psvr and around 20 better than the slightly scuba mask feeling oculus quest 2. this wide fov or field of view will be accomplished in part via fresnel lenses which come with pros and cons that quest users are already well acquainted with hopefully sony will get the glare and god rays under control Perhaps the biggest news back in May was that PSVR 2 will feature eye tracking capability, which will make possible a much desired performance improving technique called foveated rending, rendering. Rendering, yeah. Today's video suggests that PSVR 2 will also feature another new te technology called flexible scaling resolution, or FSR, which concentrates the rendering resources on the player's area of focus to further reduce load on the PS5 hardware. It's not immediately clear how FSR will differ from foveated rendering. As for stuff you can touch and feel, PSVR Well Parole corroborates Upload VR's information from May that PSVR 2 will have some sort of haptic feedback in the headset to help reduce motion sickness. So that's good news, Johnny. Apparently via a rotary motor. Back in March, a Sony blog revealed PSVR 2's new control design and noted the un new units will have sensors to track your thumb, index, and middle fingers. Today's video describes these as capacitive touch sensors that have an analog quality to them that will lead, that will let them. I'm sorry, let them sense the position of your fingers even when your fingertips hover above them. PSVR2 will be able to use this data to make guesses about pinky and ring finger positions, ostensibly allowing for more natural in-game gesturing. 
Finally, some of the most interesting tidbits dropped in the vid concern software. The claim is that Sony is looking to move away from so-called VR experiences. You know, like retaining your Batman for 90 minutes or swimming with whales for 10, in favor of a greater focus on console quality AAA games. Alright, there's a little bit more, like three more paragraphs, but I'm going to leave it there because I want to leave something for you guys uh, to read over at Kotaku. Johnny, between you and I, you're not exactly the biggest proponent of VR technology. I love VR. I just can't handle VR. Exactly. I'm sorry. Maybe the proponent's not the right word. I guess user of VR. Yeah, it's not very user-friendly for me. What do you think about the feature they mentioned about how to how to deal with motion sickness, about the uh, haptic feedback on the headset? I don't know until I try it. I don't know what it's going to do for me. Like, is it going to... Well, because... Okay, so a major cause of motion sickness is the disconnection between what you see and what you feel, right? Yeah, if, That's it's, the... t- if it's if there's like a, a level... Around, like let's like say a halo if there's a halo that's constantly telling me and shifting halo's talk johnny means a halo like a ring not halo the game just to clarify yeah like a ring and if it's constantly telling me like hey your head is in this position and you're really looking at you're really looking at the sky right now and i don't f- and like okay because when you're in vr yeah and you move your head up it feels like your whole fucking body is moving right not necessarily just your head no, why do I move my head up in VR? Like my head feels like it's moving up. No, right? for sure, but you kind of get lost with so much shit that's going. Oh, on. Oh, like if you get lost around and the camera changes or stuff, yeah, you yeah. can. Your what you're feeling and what you're seeing are two different things. Yeah. Yeah, or if maybe there's a perimeter, that'd be cool. I don't know if there's Oculus like, and some other ones have that where like you're getting too close, like it'll do that thing where it becomes like a transparent and you can see like the. Oh. Okay. There's like you can kind of see like a line of or like. Like, this is, like, the zone you're approaching where you cannot, like, VR doesn't go past this point kind of thing. Yeah, if it did that with a uh, uh, haptic as well, it would be nice. Like, maybe if you, you're going back too far and, like, the back of your head starts vibrating or something, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. But that still doesn't tell me how it's going to fix uh, disorientation. This sounds like one of those, like, you have to see it or feel it to believe it kind of things. Mm-hmm. I don't think the article is going to do it justice to explain how it works. I mentioned there's, like, a rotary motor which I'm wondering, is that, is that what you're talking about? Where it's like a level where if you're tilted or something, like the game world will will like reflect that change so you don't get too disoriented? Because like when you're on a boat, like when you get motion sickness, you're looking at the sea, right? The sea is static. It's not moving. But your boat that you're on is moving. Mm-hmm. And so when you're feeling something that you're not seeing, that's when you get that nausea because your brain's telling you like these two, sen- these two like senses are not synced up. Therefore, yeah. we must have been poisoned Therefore, we need to expel the thing that's like messing with us. That's where you get nauseous and all that. That's where that comes from. So if they can sink it in a way where what you see reflects like what you're feeling in real life, then you can like take care of like that whole like motion sense. Like there's like I forgot the name of the game. Uh, it's that one where you're doing like parkour in first person. Do you remember uh, Mirror's Edge? Yes. Mirror's Edge has this thing where they added like a dot in the center of the screen. Yeah, that's weird. There's this thing where they. They have to add a nose, and it significantly drops it down. Like, a lot of games, it's, it's literally like a fucking cone in the center. Yeah. Or, like, in this case, Mirror's Edge, like, it's a dot. Yeah. And you focus on the dot, and, like, focusing on the dot makes you not get motion sickness somehow. Yeah. I forget. It sounds like... I'm pretty sure they can figure this out. It sounds like they're trying to address, like... I have to imagine that you're not the only person in the world who has this problem, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when Brian first played VR, he was telling me, like, he only played it, like, in, like... 20 minute increments because they even get motion sickness you have to like get 
your VR sea legs, so to speak. You have to get it acclimated to it. So all this stuff is in the VR set, right? I wonder why they can't add this to, you know, like first ha- person haptic gloves or something like a body thing. Like player, uh, Ready Player One kind of thing, where you're wearing yeah. a full haptic outfit. That sounds expensive. Well, there's a lot more to that. That so. sounds very expensive. No, it's just the it's like a control. Like just imagine the the price of a control. Right? That's like more than the price bucks. of a control. That's gonna be more, I think. Okay, 120 bucks. Somebody's gonna buy it. There's a market, and they gotta test out the market. I think we'll get there eventually. We're just we're too early for that yet. Still, VR is a relatively new like technology, like in terms of like consumer friendly technology. We're not there yet. We can't. Seems, we gotta walk before we run. Nah, they've been doing this. It seems very <laughs> tangible. I'm sure it is, but maybe not at a pro- price point where it's affordable, where it's worth doing the R and D and stuff. Not yet. Good point. Maybe the product itself. Is pretty inexpensive, but the R&D might be pricey. Yeah, so. Uh, Giant, I don't know much about resolutions, but does 20, does 2,000 by 2,040 for each eye, is that good? That sounds like a lot. That's pretty good. That sounds like if you add two and two together, you get 4K, right? Is that what it sounds like? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not sure, but yeah. And you told me about the merits of OLED in the past, where OLED gets the dark, darker, more vibrant colors. Every color is like kind of like taken to the max. Sort of. It's not necessarily the greatest shit well because you're you're subject to like burn in and stuff right yeah you're subject to burn in and one of the issues that i have personally with oled is i don't know if they've resolved it some company seems like they've resolved it but oled tends to flicker and it flickers at a oh yeah like i have that issue or um, your, your eyes pick up on the flickering they speed. pick up on the flicker like a lot of the oled flickers at like 240 hertz and it's a very slow flicker and then like LEDs tend to flicker at like 2,000 something hertz, right? Mm-hmm. And the way I've told, explained it to you is like when you're walking on a bed of nails, like walking on two nails is going to fucking hurt. But if you make it just a flat bed of like a thousand nails, you, you can spread just, it out. You, yeah. Uh, yeah. So flicker is not fucking pleasant. So I don't trust OLED. Okay. What do you think about the technology? Did they, they say it was OLED? I believe they did say it's OLED. Oh, fuck that. I believe... Let me double check. Uh, I saw the word OLED pop up at least once. Uh, in addition, PSVR without parole suggests, suggests the screen will utilize OLED display technology. I don't want it. Suggest isn't like for sure, so we don't know. We'll see. I don't know. This probably isn't going to be out until like the end of next year anyways. Maybe later. Yeah, or they might have two versions. Like the the video had uh, OLED and LED. Uh, LCD. LCD. Yeah, that's right. LCD, OLED. I don't remember. You're right. There was two different models of Vita, so maybe. maybe Or like the Switch now. There's an OLED and there's like a non-OLED version too. So we will see, Johnny. Johnny, that seems to conclude our stories for this week. Um... What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? Well, before I... Oh, was there a transition? I forgot. Yeah, no, we can make the transition. So... Oh, Stray, right? Stray, yeah. Stray. Stray looks fucking cool. Stray, the game with the cat, it's a sci-fi game. Seems very tranquil. Uh, Dope music. Seems like a cozy kind of game. Yeah, so you just saw the trailer. What do you think about it? I, I, for some reason, I thought Stray, when we first saw the trailer, like... Earlier in the year, I thought it was like a more cartoony game. Mm-hmm. I think from the trailer where it didn't show gameplay. Seeing gameplay now, like the game looks really good. It looks really, really nice. 
uh, that was part of the whole Annapurna like showcase thing. I honestly I missed most of it, but seeing the trailer right now, it looks pretty good. Um, but it kind of gives me um, what is it? Tokyo Jungle vibes. Yeah, I can kind of see that Tokyo Jungle. That's oh, like, that on PS3? that's a deep cut. Yeah, Tokyo Jungle was a Sony Japan game. Uh, it was only available through the PSN store where you play as like different animals and like it's like a, I think it's like after like a nuclear disaster and like you're playing as like animals from the zoo or something like yeah, on the and streets they just battle each other right and you kind of yeah you you like mate with another creature of the same type or whatever and then if you die you play as like the offspring and the offspring has like stats carried over from the previous parent mm-hmm. anyway it's kind of like a weird 2D RPG. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's anything like that except just for the atmosphere. For the just, vibe. yeah, animals in like a non human metropolis kind of setting. That's, yeah, that's like the main thing they have in common. Yeah. But you're playing as a cat, which I don't think I've ever felt the need to play as a cat, but playing, seeing the trailer is like, I want to be the cat. Yeah, but it switches things up. Like, we're always behind like these superheroes, right? Right, so I'm saying like I never had the urge to play as a cat before, but seeing the trailer, like I, this looks like something fun. This is one of those situations where like something I wasn't looking for speaks to me. Mm-hmm. That game looks it looks really dope. Uh, it's mostly appears to be kind of platforming, puzzle solving. Looks like there is some kind of action. The puzzles look pretty cool though, because they're all oriented for some shit. For like tra- transversal, yeah. The trailer seems to show like the game has like a lot of verticality, where yeah. like. You're constantly, it looks like you're scaling a lot of buildings and stuff, trying mm-hmm. to like solve puzzles. And it seems like you have interactions with other people through like this weird, like little drone robot that follows you. Yeah, but that that's actually the mystery because there's no people. There's just a ton of drones. And you're trying to figure out why are they here and not humans. Yeah, there's like robots and drones in the place of humans, like wearing human clothing or doing human things. But they're robots. They're clearly robots. So it's like, there's a or there's already like the question or error mystery of like what happened like what came before like why is why are we the cat what's going on like there's questions being raised and I actually kind of care about the answers I want to know what's going on in this world and I like how the cat has like this little funny vest with a little screen on the back the little mm-hmm. vest that controls like the drone or whatever yeah it seems it seems like a cute cozy kind of wholesome game so I I'm interested in seeing more of it. It looks really good, like, graphic-wise. Like, the atmosphere looks very... Like, when it transitioned from, like, the trailer to the gameplay, I, it, was, it was, like, seamless. I couldn't tell. Like, I was like, is this live action? And then when like, you're moving the camera, the cat around, I'm like, oh, no, this is, like, in-game. It looks exciting. Uh, I mean, exciting is not the right word. But it looks intriguing. Uh, I'm interested. I want to play more. I want to know more. And I think... Was it slated for early next year, right? I think? I thought it was... Early 2022. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what's in the trailer, so... Be on the lookout for Stray. That looks like it's going to be something different, something fun. So, as far as the stuff I've been playing, I tried playing Need for Speed. What is it? Uh, what's one of the, the prior to the latest one? Heat? Nah, it's not Heat. It's the one before Heat. Uh, payback. Payback, yeah. Payback. What did you think about it? Because I, I tried to get it into it. I probably put like... I don't think I played Payback, Johnny. No? I don't think I played Payback. Well, you own it. I own it? Yeah. Oh, was it in the shared, like, the library or whatever? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I haven't played it then. Yeah, you own it. That's, that's <laughs> I didn't know that. I, that's why I played it. Uh, I've been trying to get into a Need for Speed game for, for some time, but they don't feel it. like they used to, dude. But it, 
I don't hug the road like I used to. I don't get that classy vibe. Like the vibe from Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Does it feel like floaty or what? No, like no, it still sliding? feels okay. It still feels oh. better than most uh, racing games. But it, I don't feel like that adrenaline rush. Like when I hit the turbo, I just don't feel it. Um, and then just the atmosphere, like Need for Speed uh, Hot Pursuit. Do you remember the narrator popped up and you see like those badass cars like you see the Lamborghini Diablo and the narrator tells you all about it? The modes, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was fucking great. And then there was Need for Speed Carbon. Um, there's another one I'm missing. I think it was, uh, I forget, but there's like hot three. Pursuit. Well, there's Hot Pursuit, there's Carbon, and there's a third one. That's Most Wanted. Most Wanted, yeah. That, I'm going to say Underground, but that's uh, Wait, though, that was good too. Underground was good too. That's old though. It's super far behind. Yeah, but uh, these games just feel like a quick bug to me. It's like arcade right? It's like an arcade kind of style game? Well, it's... Wait, is this, is this one trying to do where it has like the Fast and Furious storyline kind of thing or no? It's about, like, um, so far what I've gathered from the story is, uh, like, you're competing against a house. A house? Like a, I think, yeah, because there's, like, a casino involved. Oh, okay. Something like that. Okay. But. So there's a story. Yeah, there's a story, but the story, like, I'm racing, I'm trying to do my thing, and then I get through the comms, like, oh, you fucking, you're not going to get away with this shit, and it's fucking corny. <laughs> Is this like there's a Need like, for Speed game that I have yeah. on disc where it's like they do like the live action cutscenes? I think that's the one prior to Heat. Yeah, it is. It is. It's no, it's the not, one prior. Payback. Yeah, prior it's the one payback. prior to Payback. Where was, I think it's just called Need for Speed. Yeah. And yeah, that the, was what the one where like it's like, on the cover. It's like a bluish kind of uh-huh. neon color. Yeah, that's the one I have like on disc. Or like I was trying to play it, and then they. Like, it's all in first person. Like, it was like they're trying to tell, like, hey, like, come over here, man. And, like, it's just like. Yeah, I just had chills because it's so cringy. <laughs> it's like, this is like some kind of like college theater production kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, know, I haven't played Payback. But now, now you listening to you I, talk I about think, it, I want to go back to the one that I was talking about. I think Heat might be fun. Heat is the newest one, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, that looks like it might be fun in the story. Because it came out like- last year. Yeah, but I, I don't know how they're going to improve this shit. I don't know if they just need better writers. Or... Oh, so you still want the story thing to stay in then? No, it's fine. The story's uh-huh. cool. The story I just don't like these stories. Oh, okay. But I, I want some writing in it. That's all right. But it doesn't have to be about, like, I don't know, fucking mafia or casino or gang rivalries that might work. It seems like a lot of the, especially on, e, especially with EA, they're doing this with a lot of their games, with the sports games too, with like football, where they have like a oh, story. This is fucking lame. There's a story mode. In, there's a they have a basketball game where there's a story mode. They have a football game where there's a story mode. Honestly, yeah. if they could come up with a good like fight night, like a boxing game with a good story mode, that might be for me. That oh, would be like da- Creed type of thing. Yeah, All right. I'd be down for something like that. Okay. But like the way, from what I understand, the basketball one is really good. The basketball one they did, I heard it's like I think they have what's his name in it. Um, I'm trying to remember the actor's name. Uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba is in the basketball right. one, okay. where he's like a coach or something, or a scout. I think. I was about to bring that up. What year is that? Because I remember my brother playing one a basketball one like three or four years. Within ago. the last three years, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's older than three years though. And I, then they did the football one where it was like the hometown kid like trying to get he wants to go to like the big leagues like I the NFL. I think I saw that. I think I saw part of that story and that was so crazy. And the kids like kind of he has like this dilemma about like somehow there's like gang or like drugs involved on the side. Like they really try to make it very dramatic. 
for like a football game. Hmm. But if they did that for boxing, because boxing is kind of already seeped in like drama with like stuff like that, like that would be dope. I would love that. No, I'd be down like a story like, okay, like, um, do you remember the film uh, Driver? Is that the one with Ryan Reynolds? It's Drive, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not, Ryan, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Gosling? Gosling? Yeah, yeah Drive. That was a great fucking film. I haven't seen it, but I heard it was good. And there's also the game Driver. Driver. Driver, yeah. Like, yeah, that was a cool fucking story. Like PS1 era, yeah. Mm-hmm. PS1, PS2, I think, yeah. is when they gave up on it. Uh-huh. That was a dope driver story. Se- uh, driver 70-something was like the last one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like the Gran Turismo stories are better than this. <laughs> Gran Turismo has a story? Yeah. Really? No, not, not Gran Turismo, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, I was about to say. I'm like, what? I thought it was just about licenses. No, even and... if the story was similar to that, I'd be okay with to it. To GTA? Yeah. Speaking of GTA, Johnny. Okay. I finally finished Cyberpunk 2077. Okay. Now, shame on everybody for talking was... about Cyberpunk back when it came out and only talking about the glitches and flaws the game had. Because Cyberpunk, the game, when it's actually working and not crashing on you and not glitching out, it's actually a really solid kind of GTA clone with an RPG system thrown in. Okay? I have to contest that. All right, John, what are you going to say? They shouldn't have released it that way. And it wouldn't have got <laughs> shit. They deserve all the shit they got. To be fair, I'm now playing on the PS5. There's no PS5 version yet. But I am playing like a spec'd up ps4 version of the game on better hardware after all the patches after all the work has gone into the game now like fully mm-hmm. so i'm playing that my experience on the ps5 is going to be obviously miles ahead of like the launch base ps4 experience when it was like super crappy okay the game playing it how i'm playing it I'm playing it on ps5 still doesn't look as good as when i played it on brian's pc at launch mm-hmm. like i can i remember the details in the game on the pc version compared to the ps to the on the ps4 one and the pc version still looks miles better but if you can ignore that and kind of see it as a gta clone it's like in a futuristic tech world with like a rpg system the game is super super fun and super addicting okay if you can remember how good a GTA game is and just give that a futuristic like skin, that's what this is, plus with like, RPG elements. What GTA? GTA 5. 5. Mm-hmm. You, there's like motorcycles, cars, you can buy vehicles, you can like call for your vehicles to come to pick you up to drive, you can fast travel from fast travel stations. When you you show up like, like on a on a territory like cause you have to like kind of take out like gangs there's like lots of gangs in, in Night City which is like the setting yeah this is the one this is a game if you remember this is the one with all like the where all the races are, make up different gangs there's like the whites only gang there's like a Hispanic gang there's like a Haitian gang there's mm-hmm. like an Asian gang like all the gangs are like kind of based off of like uh, tropes and like um what's the word I'm thinking of the it starts with the S stereotypes there you go. <coughs> So, like, the Valentinos, which are the Hispanic gang, like, golden crosses and, like, rose tattoos are, like, big in the imagery of, like, what they look like. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Haitian gang is all about, like, voodoo and mysticism and stuff. And How'd you customize the character? My character? Because you never really see yourself. And I knew that from playing on Brian's PC. Mm-hmm. I kind of just went with the base model of the character V. V is, like, the, the character you play as. I just, I didn't even bother customizing because you never really see, it's in first person. The whole game's in first person. So, like. The only time it's in third person is when you're driving a vehicle. That's if you make it that way. I can't drive in first person. It's too hard for me. So I switched to third person for driving. Because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm just crashing into everything. 
but the base game just by itself because they're supposed to add dlc and stuff later but we'll see if that you know we'll get to that later but uh the base game by itself is kind of like a, a high, without spoiling too much about what happens you, you pull a heist to steal like this technology from like this major corporation they you get the heist goes wrong like some people die and stuff on your team and the tech you stole is like a is like a microchip or whatever that's supposed to like be like the answer for like immortality where you can like transfer your consciousness to like another body kind of thing you steal the chip the chip is compromised or whatever like it can't like survive like outside of like it's like container so yeah you insert it in your head and when you do that that's when you get keanu reeves as like kind of like your conscious like he's like the other personality on the chip mm. so have you seen them in promotional material you know, keanu reeves is heavily involved in the game's marketing because he plays the character of johnny silverhand which is like a who's basically a dead terrorist from like 50 years ago and like i'm not spoiling too much but i'm kind of just this is like the stuff that happens like early on in the game and so because you have that chip stuck in your head like his personality is supposed to overwrite yours and like it's slowly killing you and you don't know how to get it out you can't remove the chip on your own because it'll kill you so the so the main story of the game is you trying to find a way to remove the chip from your head and where you where you don't die and where uh johnny silverhand like main, remains intact like on the chip and because Why is he important he's part of well i can't spoil too much but like his character is like central to like the stuff that goes on in the game leading up to the game like early on okay and so at the end of the game there is multiple endings like there's like kind of like different like routes you can take there's like three there's like three central storylines that kind of like interweave or like in GTA 5, you know how you have, like, Franklin and Trevor and, um, uh, I forget the other guy's name. The, the, the retired guy. Do you remember his name? No. Franklin's the black guy. Trevor's the balding one. It's been, like, it's been, like, eight years since I've touched that game. <sighs> I can't remember his name. Anyways, there's, like, three separate, like, main core storylines that kind of, like, cross paths at times, but they're not... And then, like, you have, like, optional romances on the side. There's a dope RPG system where, like, you can get, like, you can, you know how you can, like, augment. It's like Cyberpunk, so you can, like, augment your body with, like, different, like, uh, abilities. And, like, one of the, my favorite ones is, like, you can add this thing called, uh, it's called a nanowire. Where, basically, you, you, from your palms, you have, like, these, like, long, like, electric whips. And, like, you can, like, well, they're expensive to get in the game, but, like, after you save up enough money, you can, like, buy these, like, it's an optional weapon. It's an extra weapon you can have. Where, like, you have, like, these whips. And, like, you can, like, you can, like, whip and, like, slash people from, like, a, like a good, like, distance. So, like, if you don't want to just do gunplay, you just go out there and start, like, whipping the crap out of people with this, like, nano wire. And then you can, like, add mods to the nano wire so, like, it does, like, fire damage or like, electric damage and stuff. And it's, like, you'll see, like, you'll be whipping people and they'll just, like, catch on fire. Like, it's, like, really crazy. You can, like... Because there's, like, a skill tree. I think we kind of talked about this last time. Like, but, like, now that I fully I beat the game, like I can delve further. Like, you can, like, if you develop your, like, body, like, you every time you level up, you get, like, an extra point you can add to, like, um, the different things are strength, uh, cool, which is, like, your personality, like, your charisma or whatever. And then cool governs, like, your ability to be, like, stealthy, right? Strength governs your, like, melee and athletics, like, jumping and moving and running and, like, punching. And then there's, uh, I think agility, agility, agility is the one that governs your ability to be like handguns, shotguns, that kind of stuff. Anyways, so like if you develop, if you put a lot of points into strength, like you can like, 
say there's like a door that requires a password. If your strength is high enough, you can like surpass the password by just ripping the door open. Or like if there's like a turret and the turret's like automatically attacking you, if your strength is high enough, you can just rip the gun off the turret and just keep the gun. So there's like, if you don't want to be strong, you can play like, like stealthy and then the game becomes like super like Metal Gear Solid style where like you can, if you hide in the shadows, like people won't see you. You can, um, if you get spotted, you have like that time, like, you know how Phantom Pain where like, you get spotted, you have to, like a few seconds slows down. You have that reaction time to like do something within that frame of like being spotted. Mm-hmm. In Cyberpunk, like if you have, it's a certain implant you have to get in your brain where if you're stealthy and if someone catches you while you're trying to be stealthy, like the game will just slow down and it gives you an opportunity to like take out that person quickly before he like raises the alarm kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't even mentioned like the other weapons, like these dope ass like, uh, have you seen it in the trailer where they have like the they call the mantis blades, where like these big ass swords pop out? I was out of gonna it? ask you about those. Yeah, they uh, you can, you, that's a separate thing. If you can't have that in the nano wire at the same time, you have to like buy one or the other. But like the mantis blades are like they allow you to like just basically like Wolverine, just go Wolverine on people with it. Should try them both. Uh, I played well, a little bit with the mantis blades. I, I like the nano wire better because it has a greater range. Mm-hmm. They're like electric ass whips. They're like super super thin, but they're dope. Um. You can also avoid. There's the game is completely played. Not completely. Most sections you can avoid conflict if you like hack the environment. Like if you like, you can like target cameras and like hack them where you can control them, or you can just like turn off the cameras altogether. Yeah. You can like hack into people who have like implants, and you can like mess. You can like kill them from a distance just with your mind. Like it's crazy. Like there's so many different approaches to like missions, and a lot of the missions have like alternate like outcomes where like. Hey, this person hired you. Hey, I'll pay you double if you don't, you know, turn me in or if you don't kill me. And it's like, okay, we can do that. And then like that'll sour your relationship with the other person, kind of thing. So like I'm saying, when I say like it's like GTA, but like with more like options and like RPG system. But like you can like drive around. There's like missions where you have to do like races. You can do races as a side quest kind of stuff. And that's and the side quests are like just as interesting as the main quest. It's not just like oh, go to this place and kill this guy and come back. Like, there's actual, like, st- there's, like, side quests that have, like, an overflowing, like, storyline that, like, connects and stuff. How long is the game? So, if you want to do just the main story, like, the main side, the main, main, the crux of the main gameplay, it takes, it can be, like, about 13, 14 hours. If you want to do, like, the side quest, like, I did, I didn't want to just play the main game. I wanted to see, like, everything the game had to offer. I played it for about a week, so, like, I think my final, my final save time for... Because even after I beat the game, I still wanted to do more stuff on the side. Because I didn't know the game was ending when I did it. I'm like, oh, I want to go back. And the game gives you the option where, like, you can leave off right before the last mission. You can go back. Mm-hmm. And, like, you get, like, extra stuff. Or, like, oh, like, you're loading a cleared game. Like, here's some extra unlockables for you and stuff. And so I, my final game time was, like, about, like, 43 or 44 hours. Question. This is a side thing. Okay. Now that you've been through a pretty heavy sci-fi game, why do you like like that old old like style game instead of sci-fi? Johnny's talking about like fantasy style, like yeah. fantasy, like medieval. Yeah. I like I like the like the historic stuff. That's just my personal preference. It's but, what's familiar to me. It's what I like. Sci-fi gives you like so much more liberty. Like, True. I don't the... have okay. I don't have an issue with sci-fi because uh-huh. I love Star Wars. I do. I don't like like space marine style games. Is what my issue is. What I told you, like Halo, Gears of War, 
uh, certain aspects of Mass Effect. Like, that stuff, it just... Or you're playing, like... How do you not like Mass space Effect? Space... Mili- no, no. I like Mass Effect, but there's certain aspects of Mass Effect that just don't vibe with me. I like, like, the, the, the story. I like the building bonds or, like, getting along with your crewmates and stuff. Like, that stuff is cool. But I, I just don't care for, like, you know, generic Space Marine number five kind of, like... Yeah, that's how I feel about, like, Medieval. It's just... It's just a fucking guy with a sword. That's fine. Hacking away. And you know what? That's, like, one of the issues in the Final Fantasy community is every time a new Final Fantasy game, game gets uh, announced, like, half of it will be disappointed because it's either uh, futuristic sci-fi, like Final Fantasy VII, and, like, they want more traditional. And then when they announce, like, a tradition, like, Final Fantasy sixteen is medieval. Like, one's coming out. Mm-hmm. And, like, half of the fan base is like, oh, man, we're going back to, like, swords and, like, wizard, like... We're going back to, like, the fantasy medieval setting. No. And it's funny because, like, Final Fantasy is, like, equally futuristic and the other half is, like, medieval stuff. And so, like, when you brought that up right now, I'm like, that's how the Final Fantasy community is because, like, half of the community is always upset they don't get what they want. Like, with each new game. Like, Final Fantasy VII is, is, like, super industrial, like, sci-fi, like, robots and all that stuff, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But then, like, Final Fantasy, like, the early ones, which are, like, with castles and princesses, and people are like, oh, like, we don't like that stuff, so. I like both. I like both, That honestly. combination sounds like a cool aesthetic, it's just to have them both in the same world. But there's some Final Fantasy games that only go hard in one direction. Okay. There's, my favorite ones, like, 12 and 7, adopt both, where they do, they mix old with new. I like the mixture of, like, old architecture, but with new sci-fi technology. Like, I like that mix. Mm-hmm. Because 12 does that. There's, like, airships and, like, freaking laser weapons. But then, like, it's a war between two kingdoms. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the stories are lackluster for me. With sci-fi, I feel like I want those fucking, like, brain teasers. Like, what does this mean? Like, the questions are so much deeper in sci-fi for me. Are you talking about, like, the verbiage? Like, the 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 terms they use? Not necessarily just the language, but just the questions that sci-fi poses. Like, the vastness of space type of shit. Oh, okay, okay. So you're into like okay. That, so that's or, why, like, so like for Mass Effect, it's like who are the the Protheans or whatever. Okay, like, uh, there's more mystery to it. There's more mystery too, but the the way that they pose the questions too, like, um, like, uh, there's more things like at like eternal life, like with cipher, like, okay, the old shit is just like, oh, we have an elixir for that. That seems like the only way to get a potion. <laughs> yeah, a potion, an elixir, a fountain of youth. There's not too many. Like, ways you could tell the story in sci-fi. It's just like, okay, same shit. You have a fucking elixir. You have a fucking chip. You have a lot more shit. It's more open-ended. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, that's a major tangent, but... Uh, have you played anything that's else? That's okay. Um, okay, so I finished Cyberpunk. Actually, I... I wanted to go back to A Plague Tale, because I only played, like, the first four chapters of A Plague Tale. Uh-huh. And that game's, like, I think 15 chapters long. So I want to get back to that. But right now... I'm on a uh, Discord uh, Discord server with another friend of mine who has like a kind of a big, not big following. They got like about 50 followers on Discord. But they have like this game club thing where they play like one game a month and talk about it. And so I'm about to start. Uh, the game for this month is uh, Psychonauts, the original one on PS2. All right. But it's on PS4 if you want to play it now. Like it's one of the like remastered, HD remastered games. Okay. So I'm about to start Psychonauts. I just finished downloading it. And then today I also just finished downloading the PS5 version of uh, Fall, Jedi Fallen Order because you already beat that game and now I have to, so we can talk about it. I have to beat that game too. 
And I was going to play Fortnite today, but then I saw the Area Grande stuff, and I wanted the Cami and Guile stuff, but that's not until tomorrow. So I'll jump back into that tomorrow. Well, you have to purchase that stuff. That's fine. I understand. Because uh, that's the only way I want to play Fortnite is when I'm playing as a skin that I actually like. Like how in Call of Duty, I got the I got the John Rambo skin for oh, that's right. for uh, Cold War. Uh, other than Cyberpunk, I played... Uh, Pokemon Snap on Switch got new like a DLC like new free DLC mm-hmm. where they added like three new like stages like courses to go through. John, you played Pokemon Snap on X sixty four, right? The OG no? one, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, Snap doesn't quite capture the the nostalgia or the magic of the original one, but it's still fun in its own way. But this past week they added three new stages and twenty more Pokemon to like the base game like for free. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing a little bit of Snap when I'm not. In when I'm not like at home, at home, um, because I take because I have doctor appointments with my grandpa throughout the week, so I took my switch with me. Do you get the same feeling though when as the old snap? Because when I play the old snap, I'll be, I I take a photo and I'd be like, that's fucking dope. I got a good photo. Yeah. But nowadays, I feel like I'm looking at the image, the images, and because now I'm a, like a pixel whore. Uh-huh. Uh I I can't imagine that I get the same feeling where I'm like that fucking picture is great. Look at all. Look at the lighting on that shit. There's like, moments where I'll get like pictures and I'm like, yes, I got it like at the right moment for the new one. Yeah. Okay. But there is also kind of like, I you know what it is for me is I feel like it was revolutionary back in the time, mm-hmm. and now like every game has like a photo mode, like Ghost and yeah. I, I don't know if this Stranding has one, but Horizon and like all these games have a photo mode. And now it feels like you're paying for a photo. Again, it centers around photo mode. And I think it's kind of like the hindsight thing where, like, looking back, it was a novelty at the time. And now it's kind of like, it sounded cooler in concept than, than it is in actual execution. You don't think it's just because it's, it's a fucking outdated engine? Like, it's... No, on, on Switch, the game looks beautiful. It looks really good for what it is. But it, it could look a lot better. Uh, on better hardware, yeah. Because when I, when I take... On better the- hardware, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what but for I mean. what the, for what it does on Switch, it looks pretty good for Switch, honestly. Like it looks okay. very crisp. The art, yeah, the graphics aren't the great, but the art style takes like the most advantage it can. The way Pokemon Snap looks is limited by the aesthetic choices of like that un- of Pokemon, the Pokemon universe, how Pokemon look, mm-hmm. right? Pokemon Snap can't look too different than Pokemon like Sword and Shield, which are in the same like universe or as like the anime, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. It's not like how like how they did with the Pokemon move, the live action movie with Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. where those Pokemon look completely different than like the in universe ones. Because in universe, whether it's the trading card game or the anime or the games, they all have to have a certain look, right? Pikachu can only look like the Pikachu in the cards and the games and the toys and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The Pikachu in the live action movie, because it's live action, they can't do that aesthetic, right? They have to like translate it to a realistic way, right? Check it out though. Okay. Like this isn't gonna they're not gonna do this, but if it had a new engine, imagine Pokemon Snap looking like Ratchet and Clank. It kinda does that. I mean like without with the crazy looking fur and everything. Oh, not to that ex- not to that extreme. On, the stitching on the boots and all that. That's closer to like the live action Pokemon. Where Pikachu has actual fur you can, like, point at. Like, look at... Yeah. Yeah, like, you you point out the individual hairs, right? Yeah, the shine on the eyes. That's different. That's... 
Yeah. The fumes, the particle effects. Imagine that shit for That's a not the kind of Pokemon I want, though. Not like that. Cause that looks too... We're approaching that weird, uncanny Pikachu valley, and I don't want that. No, Ratchet and Clank still looks like a fucking cartoon. But it's... the environments border on like being like real... like I mean, other than the sci-fi setting. Well, I guess no, because... That'd, the... be, that'd be fucking amazing, dude. Maybe. What I'm saying is that the game looks better than it does on N64, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um... I forgot my main point, but the point is the game actually looks pretty good. Yeah, I still get those moments where I take a good picture. And I'm like, oh, like, that was a great picture. Most of the time, it's frustrating, though, because there's like a few things like quality of life that should have been. It was in the original game that's not here. Mm-hmm. I wish they had added like being able to evolve Pokemon. Like you can't you can do that in the original. But in the new one, like you can't do you can't trigger like evolutions through the environment like you could in the original. Like in the original, for example, you can like. Uh, you can like knock Charmeleon into like the lava with like an apple, and like he'll evolve into Charizard when he comes out of the lava. You can't do that in any of these games. Like they just stay the way they are, and like there's like less interaction. I feel like, and it's kind of like, uh, like it looks better, but like the fun isn't quite there. And then you're forced to replay the levels like a lot before you unlock the next one. Okay. Like the original game only has like seven stages, right? This one has like I think like twenty something, but like it really drags out like how you have to like go back for a specific Pokemon and get the right picture and then get the points to unlock the next stage. And the original Pokemon snap, you could like speed up the vehicle you're in or slow it down. Yeah. This one you're forced to be like in one speed and it's really annoying because like if you want to say you want to get a really good picture of a Pokemon that doesn't appear to the end of the stage, that means you have to go through the entire stage at a slow speed just to get that one shot at the end of the stage. Mm-hmm. And it's just very like, so there's no quick travel. Yeah, there's no like quick travel like in, for how the for how like the game originally worked on N64 where you could like speed up the engine. Okay. Like you could put like NOS and like you'll speed through the stage and get to the point where you want. Here you have to forcefully go through the entire stage to get to that point. And like at the later stages of the game, that's like super annoying when you're trying to get like one specific picture. So, fun game. That'd be cool if your fast travel was a uh, Team Rocket Industries. <laughs> just like a throw on some thrusters on the back and just like yeah. speed through the course yeah cool that would be cool it's a fun game but it, it has flaws and I think I enjoy the N64 version a little bit more so I got I got one more quick one uh, I tried playing um, what is it it's a horror game it's, Resident Evil no no no, no. Silent Hill no it just got a 4k update I, I don't know. I'll draw blanks here. Damn, I'll remember it. What are you fighting in the game? Dystopian Russian. Oh, Metro. Yeah, I tried Metro. Which one? There's like three of them. I have three of them. I don't know which one you played. Uh, I Is it the newest one? I don't think so. It's the first part of the level. Like, I'm in a little subway and train. Okay, that's like how two of them start that I know of. Oh, uh, well, it's snowing. I'm underground. I'm fucking taking down like spider webs. Is it and was it there's these dogs twenty thirty three or Exodus? I think it's Exodus. Oh, okay. It's nice. Is it Exodus though? It might be Exodus or it might is be the newest Redux? one. Redux is the first two games put together. Okay, well I tried playing them. I couldn't get into it. I don't know if it's because it's first person Probably. and I can't connect with the player or and like am I really missing out on this game? Uh I forgot which one I played that I really loved and then the other one I played and it was just okay. I can't remember because I remember it was the Redux, the one where it has both of them together, and I can't remember. I want to play the newest one. I think I have the newest one on there, too, the newest one, yeah, whatever which is have. more open world. That okay. one I really want to play. I just haven't gotten around to it, but I will eventually. 
Uh, I'm, I'm actually catalog. I'm doing this thing now where I actually catalog how many games I beat throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm at like with Cyberpunk, I'm like at 10 games for the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to see if I can get to 20 by the end of the year. Damn. That's Tr- tough. And I think it's possible because we, ha- we have like my library of games I already have, and then I have a lot of games I haven't played that I own. And I'm trying to see. And it seems like without Horizon or God of War, like it seems like this rest of the year is kind of open pretty much. So I think I'll be able to get to that. So we'll see. And then tomorrow I'm probably going to play some more Fortnite, hopefully with the Cami and or Guile skin, because I love me some Cami and I love me some Guile. And that's what I got. All right, Johnny, so there's nothing else that we've been playing about. Let's get to our final segment of the night because it's getting late. Yeah, Let's start. Your eyes are burning? Is it because of the air? I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start the pitch. The pitch. Sorry, that sounded weird. The pitch is a segment that Johnny and I do where we take uh, suggestions or topics, not topics, subjects from two different containers put them together uh one has like themes like space ocean time travel the other one has game genres like first person uh shooters rpgs racing fighting platformers and we put them together to come up with a possible cohesive pitch for a game johnny i I had an idea the other day we might try someday i'm hoping we don't keep okay i got feudal japan again so i'm gonna put that to the side go ahead so I had an idea about why don't we take the pitch and apply it that uh, and apply it to a game that we've been playing recently. Like so, imagine you played a uh, fucking Mario recently, and then it becomes it's like a sci-fi. So how would you design Mario if it was a sci-fi? I, um, we'll try it some later. Okay, yeah, because I'm like, well, I'm like, I, I got one good one. Good so I was like, I played Cyberpunk before. recently. I'm like, I can't make Cyberpunk any more sci-fi than it already is. Unless you throw aliens in or something. Alright. Uh, so I got the same ones I got from last week, so I put them to the side. Whereas Russia and Feudal Japan, I just put them to the side. Alright, I got... What's this? Uh, we did Saudi Arabia not like three episodes back, so I'm putting that to the side again. I'm going to keep going until I get to one we haven't done like recently. What do you have so far? I'm not shaking them enough. But I, keep I think that's what's going on here too. I'm not shaking them enough either. I got... What is this? I can't read it. Military? Okay, military. Okay. Let me get one more. Let me get one more. And then we'll at least have something to choose from. So I got military, which is not a recent one. So I don't think we've ever done military. I got... Oh, shit, that's hard. I got newer crime drama. Okay. I got military and I have aircraft. Those already go together. <laughs> military aircraft. Yeah, but if we pick New York, what the fuck is that? Military New York. <laughs> I don't know. What you got? I don't like this. What is it? I got New York and then I got a platformer. <laughs> That's And then you got an aircraft. How do, how an aircraft platformer. <laughs> you just jump on the plane. <laughs> You're a... Um, it's like I picture like Mario, but like instead of Mario, just a plane. Like you're like a military jump. daredevil for their entertainment. <laughs> that doesn't work. Okay, military aircraft noir. You said, or what was the other one? The first one noir. Uh, noir crime drama. Crime drama. 
See, military and crime drama could work. Military crime drama, that, yeah, that sounds like the plot of uh, Basic, which is like a movie. Basic? Basic is the name of the movie. Oh, alright. Like a reference to like basic training kind of thing. Where it's like a crime drama where there's like a, it's told from a weird perspective, it's like a detective film, but like, there's like all these recruit. there's like a crime that's committed and all the recruits are like suspects and then like the guy has to go, it's it was Samuel Jackson. Where he investigates the oh no he's not investigating somebody else is investigating and they try to figure out like who's who's like the drug mule or whatever behind everything kind of thing but military crime drama what if we did like L A noir and just put it like in the setting of like the military did you ever play L A noir no I skipped it do you know what it's, the premise is nah it sounds like an old game it is a rock star game yeah. It came out in the PS3 era. Alright. Okay. Well, I have one, but it, it's going to change a lot. It's really tough. Is it within the confines of what we chose? Sort of. Is it a military platformer? Well, okay, okay. The reason <laughs> like it might... obstacle courses? <laughs> the reason it might work is because you played a cyberpunk, and it's mm. fresh in your head. Okay, I'm listening. It's a biopunk. That's not one of the themes, though. Well... Well, the platformer wasn't going to work. So I had to go with the second one. So we could do a New York crime drama alone, or we could do biopunk. That's what's called? Biopunk? That's a, what's a biopunk? Is that a genre? Yeah, it's, it's cyberpunk, but it's very niche. Okay, I need an example. Can you give me one biopunk game? I can't. I don't know if there's any at all. <sighs> but biopunk, it's pretty much like biological warfare so it's just cyberpunk but like in the slums that's what it sounds like near near like a waste disposal facility that's what i'm thinking of no i think biopunks think i don't cyberpunk setting okay you know what punk is because there's steampunk as well but think of punk setting but this has more punk just means like like they're wearing like outfits thrown together with like whatever aesthetic sort of and usually it has like an industrial, like like urban f- vibe. All right, yeah, 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 and body modifications and all that. Yeah, but then biopunk. Okay, we could run with nanotech. That's like cyberpunk. Yeah. So how's it different? Shit, it's too similar. Yeah. Fuck it. Gonna... I gotta check out the. Another one? No, I'm checking out the PDs. These modifiers. Okay. All right. Because this shit is, like, so vague. So, just recap. We have noir, crime drama, and biopunk as our settings. Oh, this is dope. And I have military and aircraft for the... Okay, what do you got, Johnny? What do you this got? works. Tell me what it is. Okay, let me open up the second one. None of these are, like, game genres, though. None of these are, like... Oh, shit. First... Per- oh, well, platform is one. This actually. got interesting. Okay. So, the first one I got... Is this Meow? Mech. Oh, mech. I thought I said meow. So we got military mech. Oh. And we also got AI. Okay. So this works. Military mech, I feel, is pretty common. That's like Armored Core or like Gundam or even Pacific Rim to an extent. Yeah, and it's a crime drama. Metal Gear has mech and military. (laughs) So this is like. It seems like we... I feel like we have to create a, an entire universe for this one. Okay, you lead. You but start. we don't have time for that shit. Lead with what you want to do here. So are you going with mech aircraft or mech military? Oh, same difference. If we go mech, they fucking fly. So. 
<laughs> okay, we'll so go Mech put Mil- that one away. We'll put Mech Military. Okay, Mech Military. All right, so like, is this like a uh, do different nations have their own like line of like military like mechs like like I'm thinking this sounds like Gundam basically to me, where you have the Earth and the, the Earth Federation against the uh, against um. I don't know the plot of Gundam. Zing, zing on. Uh, Brian, if you're out there, help me out with here. It's Earth against the... Uh, Zeon, Zenon, whatever it's called. It's too futuristic. Let's say that we've just created Max. What I'm thinking of is like it's just countries that each have like their own Metal Gear, basically. Yeah, but what was the point? The turn against uh, nukes? Well, okay, so let's go with the... Okay, we know this is like a real-world setting where, like, in real life, like, people... The military is trying to phase out the human element where, like, we have drones. There's, like, a plan to, like, add, like, kind of, like, enhanced soldiers with, like, with augments. Like, so that's, like, a real thing. With, yeah, Joe would be really good at this one. Joe, your brother or Joe or cousin? Our cousin. Oh. Where we can have, like, mechs and, like... That's, like, the next phase in, like, warfare, right? We're moving away from soldiers to, like, cyber soldiers to just replacing the human element altogether with, like, Terminators or mechs. When I think of mechs, I think of, like, pilotable mechs. Like, you, like, jump in the cockpit. Or maybe... Pacific Rim type of thing. Or, like, a drone. Yeah, that kind of thing. Right? That's what you're thinking That's what I'm thinking. Okay. But what's the plot of this thing? is the tough part we don't even know what kind of game this is in terms of like is this like a rpg is this like a rts is this a first person third person no it's gonna be third person so it's like armored core kind of yeah so you're piloting your mech i'm assuming the mech is customizable for like different missions all right so let's get into that because the plot's gonna be a little bit tougher of course you get to upgrade your mech you get to change your fucking paint uh you're gonna have your your guy your hero he customizes all that shit um, put on like tiger teeth on the cockpit. <laughs> what I'm trying to avoid is make it so similar. Like I'm not trying to make a Pacific Rim. I'm not trying to make a Metal Gear. Yeah, let's not throw kaiju. Don't throw kaiju's in. Let's make this more like kind of like a geopolitical. Like, yeah, because because I, I was going like okay, well there's a fucking like alien vision, some terrestrial shit has come out the earth or something. But yeah, that that would be fucking kaiju, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So so mech versus mech. And I guess this is going to be another arms race like uh, the Cold War. Okay, so we've got NATO. we so, got... Well, this is like the beginning of, the, I guess, the mech wars. This is kind of like Sputnik, but now with mechs. Like, who's going to have the greatest one? Who's going to be... Who's going to have the fastest one? The one that has the most range? The one that can go to space? Mm-hmm. You know, like, the test is, like, can your mech go to the fucking moon and back? Right? Probably. I mean, we got to the moon and back in the 1960s. So. so, so this is crime drama, which really fits in with like, uh, with the Cold War type of feel, right? Okay. So, who's involved? Like, I want the president to be in this shit, right? Do you he want has this, to be part of? Can we do this as in like an alternate future history thing, where it's like the Cold War never ended? And, like, after the space race, like, the next logical, after the arms race, the next logical leap is, like, a mech race or no? Like, an alternate history where the Cold War never ended. And let's just say, like, in the 90s or 2000s, like, mech mechs were, like, feasible as, like, the next thing. Let's go with the 2000s. Okay. 90s a little bit too soon. So, it's still NATO against the Soviet Union kind of thing. Yeah. Where and- the race has now, okay, we're not, like... Space is no like the the moon is no longer like the goalpost, right? It's not just arms race. Now we're like fighting over like 
resources or maybe over like is the communism still spreading are we still trying to contain that well, it's know. always about resources communism we're still trying to contain okay let's make it so that we're now trying to like hoard fresh water or something like that or uh, a little bit too soon for that resource oh, okay it'll happen but not in the early 2000s yet okay so what is it chips like right now with the real life with the yeah process? we're trying to secure a processing we're trying to secure what do you need material silicon like hard metals some kind of like we need some cobalt cobalt for the batteries uh all right like where this is going so we're, but we're still like in the cold war phase so this is kind of like call of duty uh uh future warfare was kind of like that or infinite warfare i think i'm thinking or like it's about resources when it comes about like uh rare earth like minerals and stuff so you know what we never give our characters a name what's our guy's name girl guy whatever we can't just have like a insert your character's name here no no <laughs> i want like a shepherd type of guy a shepherd shepherd from mass effect oh i was thinking shepherd from call of duty that's why i got confused colonel general shepherd you're talking about commander shepherd uh so like, like it's the same it's the same name regardless of gender kind of thing so something gender neutral like alex or bobby bobby could work yeah Rob, or for like a girl named Bobby, like Bobby Millie Brown, like from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Bobby is that a cool name? It can be short for whatever. Let's just call him Prince. Prince. Let's go with Prince. Prince right. is gender. That's clearly a dude. Oh, fine. Well, let's go with Bobby. Okay. Or we can go with a last name. We can go with the last name, so it doesn't matter. All right. I don't want to spend too much time on the name. Okay. The name is gonna be Roberts. Let's go with Roberts. Let's take Bobby. Roberts? The first name doesn't matter. Okay, it don't matter. Fuck the name. Roberts. All right. You know what? I want to be a fucking ninja, too. <laughs> How are you? Okay. You're gonna I want to be on my fucking mech, and whenever I want, I get to jump out on my mech and kill these fuckers like uh, Raiden does. Okay, now this sounds like Titanfall now. Titanfall really? has that, where you can run around on foot or you can run around in the mech. You can no, eject but, from your mech and like do like all sorts of stuff and then go but back. You're to not the a ninja. No, you're right. You're not a ninja, but you can like eject. That's part of the combat is ejecting out to like do your own shooting and like maneuvers and then you jump back in the mech. Yeah, but imagine that mechanic where you're you're on your mech, you're a ninja. At some point, your your mech starts to fail. Okay, why are you off. a ninja? And why are you in the military I for just a ninja? Want a sword. Okay, so you don't have to be a ninja. You can be like a you samurai be a... for or whatever. Then a samurai. I don't know. Anybody who uses a sword, basically. It's getting so convoluted, but it's fine. You jump out, and you're able to jack other mechs. But you gotta do shit on your way to jack. So, it's kinda like Shadow of the Colossus. Imagine that mechanic. So, you gotta, like, disable and get past, like, certain security features. Yeah, and, like, certain security. And then they're, like, vulnerable to hijacking. Yes. You gotta make it to the top, and then you get to the fucking head. You cut your way in, and you take control. Okay. It sounds like Titanfall, but That's okay. That's fucking cool. All right. But Titanfall is more of a regular soldier, though. True. So, but you can still jack Max? Yes. Uh, interesting. I don't think you keep them, though. You just pull out the pilot and stuff, and then, like, kill the pilot, and then you leave the suit, like, like useless. That's dope, though. Because you go back in yours. You always keep yours, I think. But you have your mech. But if you win... Oh, there should be there, there could be more stakes to this. After the match, you sell, like, the leftover mechs for yes. parts. and you, you, you have your fucking port... 
You take you like later on. You like see, it's not enough just to win. Like if you want some extra spending, here's like a bonus objective. If you want these upgrades, you gotta get that fucking mech. Or like you even have missions where like don't destroy the mech. We need to salvage it for like research purposes. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like oh they stole an experimental mech. Like don't damage it too much, kind of thing. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that's a cool mechanic where you're still trying to gather ah, resources. See what you did there, upgrading. mech mechanic. Oh, nice. I get it. Uh, I'm hip. You're gathering resources. You're upgrading your mech. You're out there as a fucking ninja slashing shit. And then the reason I wanted to go with the ninja too is because since it's a, a third person game, I really like relating with my characters. I don't want to be in a mech all day and not have that human emotion. It's too impersonal. I get yeah. you. Okay, I like this. Uh, do we have like a rival on the other side of the Iron Curtain? Like, is there like a... Ooh, that's a good name for the game, Iron Curtain. Because it kind of goes with like the Cold War yeah. and it goes with the mech. So keep that, save that for later. Iron Curtain. Do we have like a rival? Is, there, is this like a Red Baron situation well, rival, where like the other side has like a famous mech pilot kind of thing? We could go with the, the communism as a rival. Russia and China got together. Yeah, but do we have like someone like... like like, I'm thinking, can we implement, like, that Lord of the Rings thing where, like, you damage the other mech and he comes back later in the story, like, I remember you kind of thing, that nemesis, oh, the like... nemesis system. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, I came back this time, like, better shields, better plating, like, I, like, like, oh, shit, it's this guy again. Well, earlier I said there should be consequences if you fail, and that's what the nemesis system is. So you need to be sure that you can take on that mech, otherwise that mech himself takes your parts and he gets upgraded. Oh. And you get you just get you just like eject at the last second kind of thing. Like you go back with your tail between your legs kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah. Now here's your basic like suit again. Like you have to start over kind yeah, of. Yeah, and you could have several mechs depending on what you. you like for through. example, let's say you fail the mission where you don't retrieve the experimental mech. Like it'll come back again later as an enemy kind of thing. Yeah, but you at your base you have different type of mechs because maybe you got a one uh, battle is more focused on aerial and the other one is amphibian. So you got it. Oh, you gotta have the water. It's like Iron Man. You have to have the water suit, the space suit, the Hulkbuster suit. The I get you. So I can be like a new mechanic. They introduce like every few levels. Like okay, for this one, you're going. We're we're adding a new like gameplay feature. We're like okay, here's a tutorial. This is like the new thing. Like okay, like I can say like amphibious like mech warfare. Where like maybe like you're a little more floaty than usual kind of thing. Yeah, you have different type of thrusters or. You have a different. It's like, hey, you're underwater. Your weapons won't overheat as much, or something like something. <laughs> yeah, that's cool too. Like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like steam bubbling from like cooling it off. Like you're just like bubbling as your weapons heat up. Like just more bubbles and stuff. <laughs> as it heats up, like the water around it, kind of thing. I don't know if this this game needs that much story because just the gameplay alone sounds super fun. Because you're you're managing all these fucking resources, and the gameplay sounds solid. We already have a fucking uh, title for it. Iron Curtain sounds pretty badass. Yeah, because it works on both. Like it's like a like a it's pun, kind of a pun, yeah. But it's also like the the name of like the you know the Soviet Union and stuff kind of thing. Yeah. So, I I think I want the story kind of like um, GI Joe with Cobra Command. There's all these people in like this shadowy Cobra. room. They're putting shit together. They're trying to, like, extract races from you and their spies. How about that, too? Like, sometimes you have mechs that are fucking traitors. Oh, okay. So, like, and at some point of the game, they... It's like, oh, we've been... It's a setup. Like, he's defecting or something. Yeah. And, like, you gotta get out your mech and you gotta 
take out your own. That'd be nuts. Uh, maybe there's... Hey, if this was online, that'd be dope too. Because you could have like your buddy that you met online and you don't know if he's ever going to turn on you. Hmm. So you could be out there trying to collect resources and all of a sudden he fucking... Oh. He just stabs you in the back and tries That's to take like, your um, mech. What was that one game we saw? You showed me a trailer with like... It was like a cowboy, like dark uh, aesthetic. Or like monsters like you have to leave with the loot but then other players will be like waiting near the exit for you if you come out with the loot to kill you and steal it uh, do you remember that one you showed me it was like it had like a western like with that yeah that was starhawk no it wasn't no? starhawk this is like another game it was like first person like it looks like a like a sort of like monsters and creatures and like you have to go in and get like certain like resources and get out but like other players will be in there to hunt you down also oh that also sounds like um he showed me a while, like a couple months back. I watched the trailer for it online. No, it sounds like an Ubisoft game. Uh, when you're in the city. Not that one. Not that one. No, that's fine. It's it's not important. That's fine. But it's like yeah, you have there's like there's an incentive to like play by the rules, and then there's also an incentive to not play by the rules. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I like this premise. Okay. Who's making it? Kojima. No, I can't. Kojima can't do everything, Johnny. He doesn't do everything. Okay, uh, you're right. I, that's my complaint when you say Naughty Dog. I haven't won. Yeah, yeah, I say Naughty Dog too often. I'm trying to think who are the people that okay, make... Okay, but I, I want Kojima's aesthetic. Kojima's aesthetic. Yeah, so, like, I was thinking babies about... in no, tubes or something? No, just or? the way... The proportion to his fucking designs. His, just the, the look of the shit. Like, the cover, I want the Metal Gear style cover. Like, when I was thinking about the ninja, I was thinking about ninja in Metal Gear. Okay, so Raven. From Software does the Armored Core series. I didn't know that. That's interesting to me. So, a blend between Kojima, Ace Combat, and, yeah, that's enough. I'd be cool if there was, like, a first-person view, like, for, like, the mech. Like, where you have, like, toggles and triggers, like, in VR. That'd be dope. You could see, like, the entire town the hot- city. Yeah, that'd be dope, like, in VR or something. Well, how big are the mechs? They're, they're maybe, like, a... I'm thinking, like, 40 small, feet. 40 feet? Like, yeah. a small building, yeah. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. So, I, iron Iron Curtain. So... it's a, Sounds like a wrap. Yeah, yeah. That's, everything's there. That's a good game. I'm done with it. It's basically the best of Gundam with the best of G.I. Joe with the best of... Um, Titanfall kind of just all rolled in together, which is fine because like we talked about it before, where art builds off the art that came before. Right? But it still sounds unique. It does, yeah, yeah, with the whole geopolitical stuff and the betrayals. Like, there's enough content there, like where you can make this. Like, this sounds like it has potential for like a in-universe. Like, I guess because we didn't talk about crime drama, but I guess that's where it, it ties in, where you could be online and you get betrayed, but also in the main campaign, you don't know who's gonna stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. and you don't know like there could be like this you could be like the guy that that is in the mech mm-hmm. but the crime could be like your fucking brother was a badass mech or maybe something happens like halfway that makes you have like a moral dilemma like maybe I need a defect too maybe the people you were working for aren't the people you thought they were or something like that okay or maybe it was like a coup or like a betray- I don't know it could be, there's, well, a, there's was, a lot of angles that's how I was trying to try in the, the crime drama because I was, I was trying to say like your brother was a mech operator and he was fucking great but somebody killed him off mm-hmm. so alright cool, whatever let's leave it at that alright then alright ladies and gentlemen so that about concludes uh, 
our episode for this week. Johnny, do you have any last comments, suggestions? Oh, not suggestions. You're on the show. I'm sorry. Do you have any last things to say? <laughs> I mean, if you want to suggest something to me now, you can do that too. <laughs> but any last words in general? No, just hit us up with your emails and your tweets. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to reach uh, out to us uh, about anything, you have ideas for about the mech game we're talking about. Maybe you want to tell me what microaggressions actually are. <laughs> Maybe you don't. You want to tell Johnny something. You want to tell me something. Anyone, comments, suggestions, ideas, anything at all, make sure to hit us up at DuoSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that is DuoSensePodcast, one word, at Yahoo.com. Uh, speaking of that, Johnny, I actually played with uh, Tyler from uh, Fortnite the other day with uh, the one who messaged us about... Uh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, we exchanged PSN IDs and I was playing with her last week. So we played some Fortnite. Uh, good times in general. Can't wait to play some more Fortnite tomorrow. So if you got, yeah, so that's somebody who reached out to us. Uh, we read her letter on, I guess you say on air, but we weren't live. But whatever, we read it <laughs> during the episode. So anything that's of any value you can think of, even if it's not of value, like when Brian told us... Uh, about how we're old once. Go ahead and write it to us if you want at DuoSense Podcast, Yahoo.com. You can also reach us at DuoSense P on Twitter. DuoSense P because I couldn't fit the whole word in there. And yeah, that's about it. So we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Louder, Johnny. I'm going to hear you. Bye, guys. There you go.